From the Financial Times in London, I'm Darren Dodd and this is FT News. The fight against air pollution, and in particular the air pollution that kills 6.5 million people each year, is shaping up to be the big public health story of the year. In the last few weeks alone, we've seen London passing its annual air pollution limit for 2018 after less than a month, German cities banning diesel cars, and Brussels even decided to make public transport free on high pollution days. With me to discuss the issue and some of the possible solutions, I have Clive Cookson, FT Science Editor, Laurie Laban langton who's Director of the UK Health Alliance on Climate Change, and on the line from the World Health Organisation in Geneva, we have Dr Maria Naira, Director of Public Health and the Environment. Welcome to all of you. So Clive, we've had a lot of news stories about this subject recently, but we had quite a substantial intervention just a few days ago from Dame Sally Davis, England's Chief Medical Officer, who used her annual report on the state of the nation's health to talk about the effects of the pollution. What did she say in this report? She said a lot, but what struck her most and what struck me most in reading her report is her declaration of ignorance. She says, and I'm going to quote this short bit, I have been surprised by how little we know about many of the common pollutants that surround us each day. I've been struck by the lack of evidence we have in this field. And that reminded me of a story I did a few weeks ago from the American Association for the Advancement of Science on Air Pollution, where a big study there showed that indoor pollutants, household products, perfumes, sprays, cleaners, the organic emissions from them actually were responsible for a much larger proportion of urban western air pollution than previously suspected, possibly as much as half. So if we switch to you, Laurie, I mean, air pollution is something that your group's very concerned about. Tell us a little about your alliance and who it represents and then what your views were on the report. The UK Health Alliance on Climate Change brings together some 600,000 health professionals in the UK to try and accelerate the health profession's response to climate change and other sustainability issues. We try to drive that response in a number of areas. We empower those health professionals to talk more and to try and urge more action on sustainability issues when it comes to the relationship with health. We engage with decision makers in government and other key actors who determine the public health environment in this country and beyond. And then we also raise awareness among the general population, but also within the health professions themselves. So across that, we're particularly pleased that the Chief Medical Officer has put out such an interesting report that explores a number of issues of which our relative ignorance is a really important part. And that comes in our monitoring of data, the quality of the data that we're bringing into our analyses, particularly in an era where more and more people are using digital technology to engage in citizen science and try and understand the exposure they have to certain pollutants. We're also particularly pleased that the Chief Medical Officer stresses the really important health dimension to pollution, an issue we're concerned in the past at least has been associated more with environmental issues and not so much the health angle. Yes, that's perhaps a good time to bring Maria in. I think, Maria, when I spoke to you last, you were saying that one of the key drivers to get this subject taken more seriously is the fact that people are realising it's a public health issue and not just an environmental issue. Can you tell us a little bit about what the WHO is planning over the next few months in terms of tackling this issue? Yes, thank you. And absolutely, the health argument is probably one of the most powerful that we have in our hands now. 6.5 million unacceptable premature deaths occurring every year. And diseases like stroke, heavily related to exposure to air pollution or ischemic heart disease or lung cancer. So when people understand that, obviously there is a completely different reaction by the general population putting a lot of pressure on our politicians and then forcing them somehow to take actions. 
WHO is not only putting this data forward and producing all of these numbers and giving even the idea of how cities are coping with air pollution and what is happening and how it's impacting our health, giving those terrible numbers. We are organizing the first global conference on air pollution and health, end of October and 1st of November, not just to describe the science, but giving as well solutions, solutions at the urban level, solutions at the indoor air pollution, because as you know, almost half of the world population is still cooking like in the Stone Age. I mean, using very vegetal coal or, or wood and, and, and on an open fire, so generating a lot of pollution that could be solved very quickly if they have access to clean sources of energy at the household level. At the urban level, there are other solutions related to transport, a more sustainable public transport system, which is fundamental on this equation, energy efficient, obviously moving into a more renewable sources and clean sources of energy. This is the way that the society wants to move. So we are launching new data. We are providing all the evidence on the interventions that needs to be put in place. And we hopefully by that we will mobilize more action and more sectors to get involved, including, of course, the health professionals, which have a critical role to play here. I think of mobilizing all of this and scaling up reaction to air pollution as one of the most critical public health issues we are confronting now. And you said that that's quite important, this idea that action at, at um, city level, I think that the phrase you, you said before, uh, mayors are the new ministers of health. And I know you have a campaign, it's Breathe Life, isn't it, that focuses on individual cities. It's something we've become very familiar with in the last few months, from the smog in Delhi to the problems in London. Tell us a little bit about this, the idea of action at, at city level. Absolutely. This Brief Life campaign is all about getting information about the levels of pollution in your own city. And as a citizen, you can access that. Then looking at what are the sources of pollution in your city and then taking measures and interventions to prevent that. The mayor of London has signed this Brief Life campaign. We are very happy because we think that this will with his commitment to reach the levels of air quality recommended by WHO on our air quality guidelines. I think this is a big commitment because now to reach that level, he needs to put in place interventions that hopefully will contribute to tackle this major public health issue. We have at the moment almost 40 cities around the world who sign already this Breathe Life campaign, but we are increasing on a very exponential way the number of cities that are now joining this campaign that we are putting in place. I think a very interesting dimension of this is that individual citizens can become involved, both by carrying around personal air pollution monitors, but also I think it brings home to people that you can now look at a map of London produced by people at King's College London, where you can see where the pollution is. And I think just seeing those maps and having a monitor on you really helps. What do you think, Laurie? I completely agree with this. The caveat that comes from the health community is that that data has to be of a certain standard and has to be comparable and standardised so that it can be placed within and around data sets that we're using already. But I completely agree that to bring it alive for people more over the painful eyes and running noses and and the news stories that they see is to actually visualise where that air pollution is and what it's doing. And increasingly people are developing apps and other functions on smartphones to ensure that people can actually visualise the air pollution, both to understand what's happening and where it is, but also so they can make decisions that could try and mitigate the amount of air pollution that they're faced with. 
And Clive, you, you're telling me there are quite a few other interesting scientific initiatives at the moment. Tell us a bit about those. I was reading this week about the idea of a tower 60 metres high that's being built in China, which will suck up through solar convection dirty air and pass it through filters and push it out again, removing all the microparticles, which are one of the worst contributors to air pollution. So there are a lot of tech solutions. I also got a press release from a tyre company yesterday talking about a concept tyre that cleans the air, sucks in air and puts it through some living organisms. Now, I don't want to get too excited about these things because the fundamental solution is to reduce emissions, not to clean up what's there. I mean, it's rather like with plastics in the oceans. You can talk about great booms to sweep plastic bottles out of the great Pacific garbage dump, but you don't want that to distract from putting less pollution in. So this is really important that technological solutions or things to reduce air pollution that exists are really important because this is a major problem that's affecting health now. But you must always remember the systemic causes of this and particularly the enormous opportunities that arise from changing those systems. So for example within cities, a lot of cities around the world are dependent now upon road transport which we know is a major cause of air pollution within the urban environment. Reducing certain types of transport behaviours And reshaping our cities to reduce the amount of roads within them will also provide us with an enormous amount of associated benefits that would be good to do anyway, even if we didn't have the air pollution problem. I think that's a good point. There was a paper just a few days ago from The Lancet where the costs of reaching the Paris Climate Agreement targets may seem high, but in terms of costs on healthcare, you can actually make a saving through applying these measures. So it is good economics as well. Absolutely. And the core message across any action on air pollution and other sustainability measures is that problems like climate change and air pollution present enormous risk to public health, but also to economic outcomes. But in acting on them, we're conferred with a profound opportunity to improve health and economic and social outcomes in cities, in rural regions all over the world. Maria, not all countries are on the same page when it comes to the importance of public health. But are you optimistic about the year ahead that we'll be able to tackle this issue effectively? Well, we don't have an option. We need to be optimistic because we need to maintain a lot of commitment and political will to tackle air pollution. We are talking about the way we develop, the way we consume, the way we produce, the way we recycle, the way we commute. And this is fundamental for our health. So this is a fantastic opportunity. That's why we remain optimistic, because for us, the Paris Treaty, somehow they don't know it. They think it's an environmental treaty. But in fact, it can be the most ambitious public health treaty ever, if implemented, of course, because all the measures are very much about reducing emissions. And reducing emissions means protecting health, reducing the health cost, promoting a more conducive environment where you can have a healthier life, a less sedentary lifestyle, where you can interact socially. So the benefits and the opportunities are amazing. It's just changing a little bit the way we live and describing for our people all of those fantastic opportunities. So instead of giving a very negative message, we need to give all the opportunities and the economic arguments and the savings and the promotion of a healthier life. I couldn't agree with that more. And a particular element to it that's an enormous possibility is inequality. And that has been at the forefront of our arguments around public health, and rightly so, also in economics. 
it was very pleasing to see in the chief medical officer's report in England that she brought out the effect upon vulnerable groups of air pollution and other pollution issues. And that comes in in three areas, that there's usually higher exposure, for example, because of where people on low incomes live within cities, that they're all experiencing a greater burden of ill health. To act on air pollution will provide enormous health gains within groups that are down the income barrier and other areas of inequality as well. And that will further this enormous, hopefully growing campaign to improve health outcomes resulting from inequality as well. OK, well, it's nice to end on an optimistic note. So it just remains for me to say thank you to our guest today. And don't forget, you can read more from Clive and the rest of our team at ft.com health, where you can also sign up for your free global health briefing. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.